You're listening to Empire of Rust, the world's first and only Transformers RPG podcast. Join the heroes of Icon as they defend Cybertronian civilization from the remnants of Cybertron First to Lord Starscream's egotistical leadership and beyond to the unknown threats on the other side of distant stars. Welcome back to Empire of Rust, the first and greatest Transformers RPG podcast. Yes, that's right. You heard me. The first and the greatest. It's a double whammy right there. I just, I've, I've never understood your kind of like focus on that. <laughs> so it's just a, my head shakes every time you say it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so what I wanted to, to talk about today is like what makes a, a game memorable. It's, there are lots of things. That could be. It could be the characters that you create. It could be uh, like the the events and the things that your characters generate and they cause. It could be even something as simple as just like the visual effects or like the the map that the DMs created, the minis that you have that really resonate with you. Uh, even you know, even stuff like like music that plays during the uh, like during your session, music, any kind of sound effects or anything, or even just like the venue, like your the place that you're playing at, really just makes a game really awesome, really memorable. Uh, for me, I've always loved the the idea of like exploration in a in a story and in a game. So whenever something happens that lets me kind of expand like the lore of the world that I'm in, discover something new and, and something that I've not like not read about. I know with a lot of systems that have been around for a while, it's very easy to just look at a source book and then just like read about everything that's going on in like the history of the place, geography, the people who live there. Like it just it's it's an easy rabbit hole to fall into. But I really like it when you discover something new. You, if it's part of an adventure path and it just wasn't talked about before in source books and it's only in that adventure path, it's unique to a particular region of the world or something. I've always found that really, really entertaining and really memorable. So yeah, it, and it, it helps when you have a system that has a lot of history and lore behind it. So like D&D, Pathfinder are all really good examples of this. Something even like Transformers, the way we're running it, has a good example of this too, because it's got the, a fairly robust backstory to it. Uh, like other systems that don't have a, a lore or a world kind of built in that you can explore generally don't appeal to me as much. But if the, the GM, the person who's running the game, adds in and puts in that 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 history and I can discover that because they're the ones writing it. It's like, hey, this is cool because I discovered how this thing is connected to this thing and where this person was when you are fighting this other person. You know, that that's really, really cool to me. And I, I really enjoy that about games. And that's kind of what makes it like like a session memorable for me. Like just straight combat, yeah, it's fun. Don't get me wrong. But it's not going to to really like make it memorable. Um, Adam, how about uh, how about you? You've been play um, you've been role playing for uh, for decades. a bit longer than most of us. Decades, yes. Yeah. I I was trying to be nice about it, <laughs> just a little bit longer than us. Yeah. How about what about you? How's what makes a game memorable for you? I forget. 
Good talk. No. <laughs> Good talk. The um, <laughs> the thing that makes games most memorable for me, uh, both the ones I'm running and the ones I play in, is the general story uh, and how much the the characters are involved in the story, how how deep their involvement goes with their, their own personal characters, how much are they contributing to the story, how much of their own backstory is part of the main story plot lines. Uh, doesn't really matter, the, the set dressing, the maps, uh, I mean, all that, you get good stuff and bad stuff coming and going, uh, fights that are, that are good and bad, some that are epic, those are all... You know, they kind of go along, but the thing that sticks with me most is the stories, you know, uh, something that might have a strange twist that no one saw coming or, you know, uh, something that leads up to an epic fight that turns out to be a world ending possible, a possible world ending event or a galaxy spanning event that uh, your characters had a part in. And that uh, that really is is what this is all about. The role play is to tell the story of your characters as heroes and all the epic stuff that they do. I can get behind that. So I, I didn't even realize it, but this must be like pretty amazing for, for you with sweet spot. Cause like, like your, your yes. arc is driving like a ton of the, this storyline for this. Yeah. This, <laughs> uh, this section of the, the campaign has been very satisfying for me. Awesome. Well, I'm glad. It's always good to hear. How about you, Pat? What makes it memorable for you? Um, I mean, I suppose a, a couple of things. I mean, like, obviously, all those, everything that you guys have said is already great. I think that for me, though, it's like a, it's similar to the, the formula for things like magic. You know, magic works because it subverts your expectation. So, like, like you said, like, if, if someone can come up with something that I didn't predict... That's awesome for me because, um, you know, I'm actually, I'm pretty good at that. So I guess it's like, I, not a lot of things get by me. And so like when they go, humble brag, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not trying to sound like an ass, but I mean, it's just like, it's true. It's like, you know, like I've, I've been playing for 30 years now, you know? So it's just like a lot of the tropes are the same, you know, it's just like, so it's like, if someone could come up with something that I'm like, Ooh, Ooh, like, I did not see that coming. Like, that's really nice for me. And, and kind of like, that's actually, I, you know, I kind of realized that that's one of the primary reasons that I play is that it's like, okay, like playing a character is great. It doesn't, I think, drive me as much as say like Adam does. And, you know, succeeding obviously is, I like, I like games that are more about how do you succeed as opposed to if you succeed. So when I can come up with like a solution to a problem that is better than anything that the DM conceived of, that's like, oh, that, like, that's awesome for me. And so, like, when I do impossible things, like, that's really, like, very enjoyable to me. That and just humor. Like, half the time, like, if we're just laughing, like, constantly, I mean, that's great. And then I think the last thing would be just when um, something that is, yeah, improbable. Like, I guess, like the impossible. It's like, I remember, you know, this is, geez, almost 20 years ago when I was playing in the game where it was like, we were fighting someone, we were like, absolutely getting our asses kicked. We totally should have lost. I like, punched like a demigod in the face and it just like, I rolled a natural 20. So it like, it was like unconscious. It was, it was stunned for like one round. And I was like, okay, I picked up my Vorpal Halberd, 
you know, took a shot and I rolled a natural 20 and I cut off his head and like, a, you know, this was like second edition <laughs> rules. Like, you know, and it was just like, that was the only way we could have won. Like we were just, we were totally losing. And like, so like that was like a, like that shouldn't have happened. Like we should have died. And that was like, that kind of stuff is very memorable. It does feel a little bit like, like diminishing returns. So like the more you, ex- the more improbable and unusual things you experience, the more things oh, like won't get by you. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, and that's, that's, that's the, the curse and benefit of experience. You know, it's like, it's like, it's like <laughs> being cup. It's like being cup. It's just like, does this remind you of anything cup? It's like, nope, I've never seen anything <laughs> like this before. You know? It's uh, <laughs> uh, harder and harder to, to get those wow moments come up, but that's kind of what makes them even more satisfying the later in life you get them. Yeah. So it's just like, and like, and I think lastly would be like when I guess I, I tend to call them like perfect moments. Like when someone like shows me like, like a truth, like behind like a game, like I can remember again, this way back in the Planescape days where we like summoned like a Baylor because we were given like a dark gift or something like that. And as soon as we summoned it, it immediately ignored us. It started summoning all these other things like a Merilith and Hezru and Vrock and blah, blah, blah. And they're just like talking about how they're going to kill everything. And one of our guys, like, you know, you know, our, our dark elf wizard, cause you know, that was back when that was the thing, uh, was like trying to get their attention and being like, Hey, like pay attention to me. And he cast like a lightning spell at them. And, you know, Tanari at that time were immune to electricity. So it didn't hurt them, but it was like, it's still an attack. And I remember like our DM just kind of like turned like to us and like his neck just like snapped back and like his, like his face was just like real. And he's like, you do realize these things kill on a whim. Like, and, and we all ball like, whoa, like, like, yeah, they're demons. Like, you know, like that's like, you know, when someone goes that extra step, like, hey, cast charm on the Vrock, it will still betray you because that is their nature. They will still do that. Like, you know, so when like you feel like you're living in the world, that's a, a thing I find to be memorable. And Mike, what about you? What makes stuff memorable for you now that Pat has taken up all the answers? <laughs> well, <laughs> so as a player, Patrick not talking is memorable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as a player, it'd be more story elements, like interesting things that happen, interesting things that the characters do. Similar to what Pat said, things that subvert expectations or even just outcomes by good or bad roles that change a story. Um, all those interesting elements that come about because we're playing a role-playing game with, you know, dice <laughs> that don't that don't necessarily have determined outcomes. And as a as a GM, I would say it's when players come up with creative solutions or like game altering ideas. Like, as an example, in my Star Wars game, the last time we played, um, we're doing Savage Worlds, and we have these action cards. Each player gets one, and they do some something to the game. Pat played one, and now one of the NPCs is falling in love with him. <laughs> <laughs> um, as you do. 
right? And the last battle we had, they were going against an Imperial bunker. And one player played one on the boss there that made him skip his turn. So instead of shooting them with his big gun, he he couldn't do anything that turn. And then the other player played a card that was basically a turncoat and made him turn to the rebellion side. And it's just like, huh, I wasn't expecting that to happen. Yeah. And then <laughs> the player wrote an email with the backstory of this NPC and why he turned, like his whole interest in the empire and how he was disillusioned with it. And why at that moment, seeing their characters come in and storm the place and take down the other stormtroopers, all of a sudden he was like, you know what? I'm on the wrong side. And they're just like, that's fascinating to me. Like he came up with that information that just wasn't part of the game. And now it is. And now they have an NPC. <laughs> See, I actually like love like So when, and, and this is just me as well. Like when, when, when someone were to do that to like a boss that I had set up, like I wouldn't quite know how to react to it. And it's just because that's just me, you know, it's, it's, it's linear kind of like, like static thinking. It's like, all right, you gotta be more adaptable on, on shit like this. But when they kind of provided like the backstory, like behind it, like afterwards, that was really cool. It's like, okay, yeah, it's like, this is his history. Of course he'd be betrayed them. Why wouldn't he have? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was perfect. I wasn't sure what to do with them after the game. I was like, huh, what do I do with this guy now? And then he came up with that. And I said, that is perfect. It's beautiful. It fits perfectly. So that's what's going to happen. <laughs> nice. I mean, let's be fair, Mike. Like half of your stuff is like us coming up with ideas, and you going, "Sure, yeah, that's what happens." That's true. <laughs> <laughs> you, you are a very affirmative DM, there, Mike. Yeah. I, will... <laughs> uh, I need everybody to have fun. Ideas, ideas. <laughs> yeah, oh, but it's brilliant. Like, I have bullshitted things under Mike's. I'd say watchful eye, but I don't know if that's accurate. Under Mike's <laughs> tenure, that should not have occurred, and I love that. <laughs> And well, what are your thoughts, uh, Matt? Oh, oh. <laughs> oh. Yes, unfortunately, Matt is is not with us today either. I'm sure that all of you kind of realize it, but we record multiple episodes at a time. And unfortunately, Matt is, is MIA today. But you know, it's not MIA. You four, and because you're on Earth now. Yeah. It's cutting a little close to home. The energy of this space bridge dissipates as the four of you step out into what looks like an, the immigration department of Metro Titan, the embassy, Cybertron's embassy on Earth. You see a line of bots looking to be processed as they make their way through security checkpoints and then will and then are allowed further into the city. Now, don't forget, Metro Titan is the name of the Titan that's acting as uh, Cybertron's embassy. But it is a Titan, so it's a still is a city-sized, or I should say a very, very large neighborhood-sized building. Uh, and, and yeah, security is a little bit tight. So, this is Earth, huh? It's uh, not as clean as I thought it would be. Yeah, I can smell. What is, is that? It's a high CO2 concentration. Yeah, it's like a, a fuel exhaust or something. Is that O3? Ozone? 
don't know. Might even be 04. <laughs> that's, I don't think that's possible. But that's okay. You're wrong, Adam. You're wrong. <laughs> Is it not 2004 era? Well, Transformers uh, took it in 2005, right? It is the year 2005. The treacherous Decepticons have conquered the Autobots' home planet of Cybertron. Yup. God, I can recite the entire movie from scratch. I I pretty much can. Uh, Next year. (laughs) You got a line going through security checkpoint. Uh, You got a couple of bots ahead of you, maybe about a half a dozen bots or so. And you can see other bots waiting to go into the space bridge to travel to Cybertron. And while you're standing there gawking at everyone, you can see the the one up at the front of the line saying, Hey, hey, buddy. Hey, I gotta get to Cybertron for noon here. Come on. Come on. Move your caboose. Who's he talking to? You. Me. (laughs) I'm not a train, sir. I don't have a caboose. Well, not one entirely separate. Well, then you know what? Get your non-caboose off of the platform. All right. I will get going in this direction. Okay, we, right over here. Are we in the same line? No, you're standing on the platform gawking at all the people around. Oh, okay. So we're actually and being the, rude. Yes. Yes, we are. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's, uh, let's move on over here. Not the carapace mines. Yeah. I mean, I was, just, I was just deciding how violent to be towards this guy. Is there a, uh, like, are, like, Decepticons, like, walking around here freely? Like, what's, like, the, what kind of bots come to Earth? You know, like, that doesn't seem like the kind of place that most self-respecting Transformers would find themselves. Go ahead and make a culture check. That would be an 11. Rolled a 2. You think most of the bots who have come here have come here to be in the presence of a prime because it is well known that optimus prime has kind of made his his home here at uh, at the embassy and at, at, on earth and a lot of the the folks who are who are coming are people from the colonies who are kind of they're 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 on a pilgrimage to to be in the presence of a prime now if you want to you can also give me a perception check better at those uh, that is a 30 no sorry 25 25 wild strike at a 17 so the two of you both notice that there are about 10% of the the bots in this room have a Decepticon badge on them uh, you're looking at about 20% or so have Autobot insignias and the rest are either neutrals or colonists. Now, you probably remember from a previous culture check, uh, there is a Decepticon like station, a, a Decepticon commune, in orbit around Jupiter. Uh, but there's no space bridge there. So typically, if a Decepticon is going to, to go there, uh, they're either chartering like a shuttle and or getting there under their own power, or they're coming to Earth first and then transferring that way. Okay, what era of Earth is it? Uh, that is a good question. I want to say it's like 2017-ish. Okay, so it's not like, like around the- 2005 or the 80s or anything like that. 
Right. The the IDW continuity, it started in started in 2005 and it sort of kept up kind of in real time. Okay. But so it got like, a bit So we're not squeaky. a a spacefaring race normally, but we probably are now because we have access to transformer technology, that kind of thing. Yeah, like okay. the initial prototypes of like human spacecraft are starting to be developed because okay. Cybertronian technology is is inundated the uh, the planet now. But yeah, we're 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 almost uh, like we're almost to that point. Are any of the rodents around? Uh, you don't see any, at least not in this room. Like the humans, there's no. Oh, sorry, I thought you meant the rats that you that oh, we talked well, about last. Okay, no. oh yeah, I can see it. Yeah, <laughs> the rodents, you know, is an infestation. Uh, so you don't see any people in this room. Uh, but as the the outer door opens and closes, you do occasionally see a couple of them walking by. So I guess our first objective is to find Windblade. Hey, yep. All right. So you go ahead and you get in line to to go through security. Uh, it proceeds fairly quickly, and the guard comes up to you and asks, "State your business for visiting Earth today." Well, sir, we are going to be visiting uh, Windblade and uh, taking a little. Uh, Culture, a little diversity, can out what uh, Earth has to offer. Tourists, you might see. Very well. How long do you intend to stay? Uh, as long as it takes, or probably three days, I would say, would be a good round visit. Take care of business here, maybe. Indeterminate. Understood. And the guard will ask uh, each of you for, like, identification and to, to just notice, notice the time that you arrived, uh, where you arrived from, intended destinations, intended stay, intended business here and everything. Okay. Uh, he will pat you guys down just to, to double check on the like, weapons you're wielding. Is this guy a human? <laughs> he's not, nope, he's not a human. He is a Cybertronian. <laughs> okay. That would be funny. <laughs> That's usually just a scan uh, will do. Like, what, 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 I was like, what is this? What are you doing? Any declaration of weapons or foreign substances? And he's looking at uh, you, sweet spot. I will show him all all that I have. Not not a ton, right? How many weapons do you got? Uh, I've only got a few. I uh, got my hand held in my uh, shoulder mount. Uh, are you carrying anything that could be considered poisonous to Earthlings? Um... I have, I have a flask of nightmare <laughs> fuel, which does a number on our phys- uh, physiology, so I can only imagine that it would be devastating to uh, humans in general. I'm not going to be sharing that. He kind of looks over a list. Yes, that's a banned substance. I'm afraid we're going to have to confiscate uh, it, or you can drink it now. I... See, that's so weird because it's like we that's just a con- I'm another container you know and I'll just spit it out like whatever yeah I uh, I don't want to visit uh, Windblade uh, intoxicated so I will uh, hand over oh, the flask oh you it. will all right Forty-two save. fine drink it all down now uh 28 ooh solid yeah you hit a like a champ uh I will. Belch out a cloud of smoke. This is this is this is one of the things I'm I'll, good at. I'll turn the open flask upside down to show him that it is now empty and seal it and put it back. Good day to you, sir. Go ahead and move on. I sir. say good day. 
Uh, he looks at you, Wildstrike, and pretty much asks uh, the same questions. Name and reason for visit. Wildstrike and same as him. Wildstrike and same as him. Very well. Any weapons or substances to declare? I have some weapons, and I'll go through the list. Okay. Uh, any substances or anything that could be toxic to humanity? Not that I know of. Honestly, I don't know anything. I don't think he has anything. It, it'd be like fairly obvious. Like if you have like a, you know like like an acid jet or something like that. You know that's that's concerning. Yeah, I just have equipment and stuff. Nothing that would. Yeah. Really... If there's something like on there that specifically causes like radiation damage, that would be like iffy <laughs> for them. But or not radiation damage, but like, had, like emits radiation. It's like yeah, that wouldn't be yeah. great. But it would be pretty obvious. No, I think I'm good. Uh, and he will wave you through. And then he looks at Carapace. Looks up at Carapace. I'll nudge Wildstrike and say, this is going to be good. <sighs> Name and reason for visit. Carapace. Sightseeing. And how many weapons do you have? Thirteen. <sighs> Primus. Here, this is my, my tactical <laughs> meteor glaive. Here's my light reaction cannon. You just put them on the table. Azimuth artillery laser. My yellow star plasma array. My Gelid hail cannon. My Adam. Red star conqueror. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, My Aurora arc caster. My tactical cathode cannon. My refraction resonator. My decimator disintegrator cannon. And Wolfang's advanced crossbolter. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, he like catalogs like each of them as you go by. It's like, oh my god. <laughs> Any illicit substances? Uh, just the one I drank. <laughs> well, good. How are you feeling, by the way? Oh, good. I like that stuff. That's nightmare fuel, wasn't it? I told you it was. Yeah. Were you not listening to me? (laughs) (laughs) Duality much? (laughs) As often as I can. All right, bots, have a pleasant visit. And he will look back at you, sweet spot. Uh, If you're looking for Windblade, uh, I believe she's already at the embassy meeting hall. The embassy meeting hall, right. Gotcha. They're having a soiree in there. A soiree affair. Hey, stop copying me. I wasn't copying you. I was simply preceding you. In order to drum up some support for Windblade's campaign. Campaign. Mm-hmm. And if you're quick, uh, you might even meet Optimus Prime in there. If I'm quick, ha-ha, <laughs> zip zoom, and I'm gone. <laughs> and he'll push through all your weapons there, Carapace. Take a nice ten minutes to load them all up again. <laughs> I mean, some of them don't really come off, so I, I figured it's just like, a, hey, this is what this is. <laughs> That's what these two are. Like when you're carrying around that many weapons, there's no point in hiding stuff, you know. He looks at uh, at the the crossbolter and it's like, you know, that looks just like Wolfang's tail, huh? It is Wolfang's tail. What are you doing with Wolfang's tail? Did you murder Wolfang? Yeah, if I did, I would tell you about it. No, I was a friend of Wolfang, and when he died, he gifted the tail to me. So this is his tail. You knew Wolfang? I did. He was an annoyance. <laughs> he needed a little <laughs> bit of teaching, too. You're, 
you're watching this guy and he's going like just like like up and down on his emotions. It's like, what? What did you do? <laughs> oh, I love you. No, I hate you. I love you. I hate you. <laughs> and you and you imagine you just walk off leaving him confused. Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And Legionnaire gets through security with his uh, his usual aplomb. Well, what do you want to head? Ah, uh, the Andes. All right, it's going to be a trip. <laughs> Might be, but you can make it. Uh, is is there like an info link that we can go up to? Ah, uh, yeah, sure. Makes perfect sense. What are you What are you Earth, looking for? Earth has Earth has an I mean, a map. <laughs> yeah, that's where what the embassy is located. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you head up to the like the info panel on the wall. Uh, call up a uh, a map of the city and its location on Earth. Uh, the city is in a place called Monument Valley. Uh, it is uh, for us that would be either in Utah or New Mexico. I think like kind of like along that border. Uh, it's effectively just uh, it's the it's the desert with all of those like 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 the giant buttes. buttes. Yeah, exactly. It's it's beautiful here. <laughs> Love it. Don't encourage him. <laughs> I don't need it. <laughs> if I give out hero points, every pun would get one. Uh, you can even zoom out to the, the local solar system, and it will show the location of the Decepticon commune around Jupiter, if you so desired. Good thing to know. Where would you like to head? Where's this soiree? Yes. Head for the soiree. That's where we're going to go. Uh, you pop the meeting room. Look, or you search for the meeting room on the map, and it gives a uh, location. Uh, it is effectively like a couple blocks away, pretty much. It's it's fairly close by, uh, and it will link your optics to a uh, to an updated map of the city. And there's an actual like path now on your optics that just shows which way to go. Yay! Oh. Hey, sweet spot. Yo. Isn't this a conflict of interest for you? You know, being in the the race and barging into a soiree for her race. <laughs> well, I haven't reannounced myself yet, so I don't see how that's possibly a conflict of interest. Yeah, but you plan on running. Yeah, I do plan on running. Are you trying to keep me out of this? He plans on running there. I run wherever I want. That's a that's a good point there, Wild Strike. <laughs> Nobody here knows you're a sweet spot, right? Maybe you should give it a different identity. Um, I thought I did. The identity that I used when I'm when I was racing on Velostron. Isn't that the credentials I have currently? But I mean when the guy was when we were going through customs, didn't you say you were a sweet spot? I did not. I thought you did. Did I? I thought so. I thought <laughs> Maybe not. I'm pretty certain you did. Oh sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, it, that was just the immigration. You know, no one's go. He's not going to be reporting to uh, to Windblade. Like, you know, who's gonna who's coming here? So, if you do want to attempt to hide your identity, you still have the chance to do it. Sure, let's do that. What is your name, anyway? The name that you used on Velocitron while you were racing. The uh... <laughs> your alternate identity, your secret identity, if you would. <clears throat> the ghost. Ghost. You, uh, you folks walk down the streets of Metro Titan. It is a a fairly pleasant day. Actually, it's a fairly gorgeous day out, considering it's, uh, it's Monument Valley. Uh, the, the temperatures are approaching about 100, 105 degrees or so. So, not bad at all. 
it's a little warm, but you know. Is there an actual human city nearby, or is this literally in the middle of the desert? Uh, it is more in the middle of the desert. Okay. Uh, most of the, most humans don't want a Cybertronian city near their cities. <laughs> That's fair. Probably good reason. But you do see other humans uh, walking by, and it's probably the most humans that you've seen ever like, since the 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 induction ceremony at Iacom Plaza way back in episode one. So, yeah, there's there's humans walking around. Uh, for the most part, they don't uh, pay too much attention to uh, to you folks. Every once in a while, like one of them will kind of look and, and point at at uh, Carabas just because you're large. You're you're larger than most Cybertronians, right? And you can see, and, uh, as you're walking by, you can kind of see some of like the sitting humans like playing like the playing this game like they where they try to guess the the Transformers alt modes just based on the parts that are sticking out. Mm. So you hear that? Can we play that with the humans? <laughs> <laughs> you can. I wonder what they would look like if I were to. What is there based on there? No forcible transformation. <laughs> what a human. And for some reason, when you mention this in front of the humans, like they 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 get lighter, like they turn like a lighter color. Hmm. That's what they're like chameleons, then. That's yeah, really interesting. yeah. I'll jot that down. But the wall behind them is dark, so you don't understand why they're getting lighter. Yeah, if it were a chameleon palette, wouldn't they need most of the skin showing anyway? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe yep. they're being polite, like making it easier for us to see them. Ah, right. They, they wish to be seen. I'll wave and say, I see you. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of them just get freaked out by this. Like, what's going on here? Uh, and Wildstrike, for you, Nyko is the same size as a human. So I don't know if he's like riding along with you or if he's on your, your arm or if he's just walking along beside, but... Way to sneak someone past customs. I'm <laughs> 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 just thing. So the embassy building is, or the, the meeting hall building, is right in front of you. Um, would you like to go in? Yes, of course. Yeah. Well, guess what? I am going to move all of you to a new map. Yay, new map. Whoops. You throw open the doors to the meeting hall, and in front of you is one of the biggest parties you've been to. There are dozens of bots and humans all around this uh, fairly sizable room. So just uh, I'll give you a quick description here at first glance. Uh, there is a large group of people in the middle of the meeting hall, and as you're looking, you can you can kind of make out the uh, the the upper outline, the, the upper torso of Optimus Prime, uh, and it looks like he is standing next to a smaller bot that is unfortunately lost in the crowd. But you would imagine Windblade is probably in there because uh, they are both surrounded by a. A, a just an, an entourage of reporters, of people asking questions, people just wanting to get close to, to Windblade and to Prime. Uh, you can see a whole bunch of other bots and a couple dozen other bots like milling around at tables, talking, just walking around. 
and in the northwestern corner, you can see a group of humans kind of clustered together in, in uh, like smaller tables. Uh, it looks like they're they're kind of keeping like close to each other on this one, uh, but you do see the occasional one kind of walking around in between all of the uh, other bots. Uh, there is a like a safety zone marked around the human tables, <laughs> just, just so they don't get stepped on or anything. It's like the careful white, you know, like wet floor. You know, it's like careful <laughs> humans here. Yep. Caution. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a red line on the on the floor. It says, like, and it just says right on it, do not approach unless invited. <laughs> Everyone who is in here can make a perception check. That is a 27. 23 for Wild Strike. 17 for Sweet Spot. Let's start off with you, Carapace. With the 27, you notice a couple of things that are going to be important to you. The first thing you notice is that there is a large bot towards the southern central section of this map. It looks like a big crocodile alt mode bot, and you certainly recognize him as Leatherback. Yeah, that was what I was going to say. But with that 27, though, you do notice a bunch of other things as well. Directly to the west of you, about 30 to 40 feet and a little bit north, you recognize one of the Fate Weavers. This is Air Arachnid. Uh, and as you, you heard uh, rumors of back when you are in Cybertron, uh, she is here at the, uh, here at the meeting and are kind of like schmoozing around and talking with people. Uh, She has two bots flanking her, uh, and it looks like they are bodyguards. And yeah, so with that 27, I will also uh, let you identify some of the bots in the the crowd up in the center here. You can make out Circuit and his camera bot there, Longtooth. Longtooth. They are uh, flanking to either side of Windblade. And on the opposite side of Optimus Prime, you can see two other reporters, Lamplighter and Waveform. So you got eyes on both of them. But everyone else also has eyes on them, too. Right. Wildstrike, uh, you are going to, to notice that the four larger bots at the corners, they are the four bots uh, whose comm codes that Ironhide gave you. So these are the the, the Ironhide security forces ma- masquerading as effectively embassy security. So these four are loyal to Ironhide. Oh, nice. And if you, uh, you want to talk to some of them, you might be able to, you know, get a conversation with them going, what have you. And Sweet Spot... In the southern section, kind of near that, uh, like a big crocodile-looking bot, uh, you can see a very familiar bot. That is Knockout, the uh, the representative of Velocitron to the Council of Worlds. That's the red bot in kind of south center of it. Yeah. Uh, not only that, actually, I'll give uh, this one to you as well, Carapace, because you rolled high enough. In the crowd of humans in the northwestern corner, you see Marissa Fairborn. She is the representative of Earth to the Council of Worlds. That is the one that has the the, the black the black background yes. too. Yes. yes, thank you. She's the, the one that's the not different. 
they all look like they all look the same to us. What would you like to do? In fact, what I'm going to do here is I think Sweet Spot would probably be in the lead on this one. So Sweet Spot, you can go ahead and take the the first first action, the first thing that you want to do. All right. Uh, what are we playing? We need to um get the the assassins kind of away from the important people, right? Yeah, I mean, are we doing uh, this obviously, though, or are we doing it subtly? want to stop them. I will make my way across the floor and come right up between Circuit and Longtooth. And considering that Windblade might be a target, I will uh, try to get her attention. Oh. And uh, ask her if she wouldn't mind uh, uh, speaking with me um, outside of Prime's ears. Your range. Uh, pardon me, uh, uh, Miss Miss Windblade. Miss Windblade, please. Yes, you. What can I? Hmm. I want you, Adam, to make a disguise check. Oh, truly. <laughs> Wow, you're going to uh, be a robot in disguise. <laughs> it's only taken nearly a an, uh, hundred episodes to bring that out. <laughs> and the reason for that is because Windblade has seen you before, and yes. you've changed your paint job, but not your underlying structure. So we're going to see right. if Windblade recognizes you. All right. Well, uh, my overall... Uh, score for disguise would be 25. Okay. Windblade, as you can imagine, has a pretty good perception. And I rolled an 18. Oh, boy. So she's going to see right through that disguise. I'm... I'm sorry, but I... I recognize you. I'll put a finger to my lips and ask her to please have a word with me over here. Wink. <laughs> uh, okay. She seems amenable to it. Uh, you can see her trying to excuse herself from the, the cadre of reporters around. If you want to make a diplomacy check uh, against the reporters, I will allow you to help her out with that. Uh, sure. Uh, diplomacy for reporters would be as thus. Uh, it would be an 18 altogether. All right, what do you what do you say to them? Uh, I would say, uh, pardon me, gentlemen, uh, if you wouldn't mind excusing Windblade for just a few moments off the record, I can guarantee you there will be a story of the decade coming up. Well, this has certainly got their attention. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, so with that, Windblade will try to, to extricate herself. And, I won't lead uh, her completely out the door, but like halfway between where we are and where the door is, so that she's at least out of striking range from Lamplighter and uh, Waveform. Okay. Uh, so I will move her over to here, to oh, say? Some, yeah, somewhere, somewhere in here where where we're like, not being listened to so close, so closely. So okay, all right, sweet spot. You managed to to get Wimblade away from the uh, the gaggle of reporters here. 
Uh, let's see, Wild Strike. I am going to to jump to you, and you can make a perception check before you uh, before you do anything, though. Twenty-seven. See this uh, this blue reporter up here next to next to uh, Longtooth. Mm-hmm. You can plainly see him pointing a uh, a recording device, like a a microphone, in Sweet Spot and Windblade's direction. He's keeping it subtle. I, mean, I, I said plainly, but he's you can plainly see it. But he's trying to keep it subtle so everyone else doesn't notice, but you notice. Okay. So you can go ahead and, and do some stuff. Over my comms, I'll say, you have ears on you. And then I will make my way kind of like in between them here to see if that would block the directional mic. You could also just start talking too, and that'll certainly pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But basically, I want to block... I'm assuming it's a directional mic that he's pointing at that. Yeah, looks like it. So if I'm... I want to try to get in between that so I provide interference, and then anything I say will be picked up. I gotcha. Anything you say can and will be used against you. Has a sonic weapon. <laughs> Actually, all you need to do is just turn your engines on for a few seconds there, right? <laughs> and I will eye that bot. and know what he's doing. Do you want to make an intimidate check? Yeah. Ooh, all right. Yeah. 17. So it looks like he, he notices you kind of standing there, but he doesn't quite, he doesn't put it away, but he does kind of turn around a little bit. It's like, all right, all right, I see what you're doing. I'm not going to stop what I'm doing, but I, I, I get it. I get it. So he'll kind of move up and start uh, trying to interact with uh, with Prime. Is he still pointing the mic at them? Uh, let's see here. Higher low good for you. Low. Low. Rolled a nine. So oh. so it looks like he, he probably still has a point in that general direction, but he's surrounded by enough other people now that it's it's going to interfere with the, with the signal. Okay. So mission successful on that one. Uh, what else would you uh, like to do? I'm going to enter in the comm codes of the, the four bots. Okay. And start a conversation with them. All right. Uh, the leader of it, or the like, the captain in charge, uh, will say it is this one here in the top left. That one there. We'll say he's the one in charge, uh, and he'll answer you. Yes. Who is this? This is Wild Strike. I just entered moments ago. Uh, Ironhide gave me your comm codes. He mentioned that the group of you might be coming in here. Yes. We've been keeping everything secure. Nothing unusual going on at the moment. What is your intent here? Uh, we have two assassins staking out Windblade. Assassins? Our, our intent is to prevent them from doing what they're here to do. Who are they? Is it the two bots that we're keeping an eye on? Do we know if they're on the same ones or not? Uh, they should be. Yeah, you guys have told Ironhide that okay. those the, the, are the suspicious ones. So, although they're acting see? as security for everyone here, they, they are keeping an eye on those two. Okay. Then I'll confirm, yes, it's those two. Do we have any evidence for this, or is it... I don't recall what, what that was. Like, did we... Like, what, what proof do we have to show that, like, being like, oh, this is actually them, versus just like, hey, we don't like somebody. Not that I'm not... 
opposed to lynching people. <laughs> <laughs> when you were in the diplomatic building, uh, Magnum and you guys had spent the had spent a, a lot of time like looking through the videos, and mm-hmm. you saw Waveform uh, leaving the like leaving through the the diplomatic wing after he escaped from uh, depth charges uh, place. So while you don't have that that on camera, it, it he was the only person who who fit that time code, fits the size. There's a lot of, like, circumstantial evidence that's all adding up here. So it's Waveform and his partner, Lamplighter, the two reporters. Yes, those are the two. All right. We have eyes on them. We haven't made any moves yet because they're in a very public place. And I don't believe they're going to do anything, especially while Prime is standing next to Windblade. Okay, just wanted to keep you apprised. But we have eyes on those two. The other guard, the one in the bottom right-hand corner, will chime in on the on the line. Uh, boss, I got movement uh, on Windblade here. Her and another bot here, some uh, some white and red bot, are heading towards the doors. That's Ghost. He's with us. Ghost. I've never heard of this bot. Captain, what are your orders? And uh, Captain will ask you. Like, You're certain this Ghost bot is with you? Can you yes. trust it? Yes. Stand down, then, and let them pass if that happens. Your intent is to get Windblade out? Not yet. I believe Ghost is informing her of the dangers at the moment. Very well. Keep us appraised of your movement and the situation. Will do. All right, cool. Carapace, where would you like to go? What, uh, who do you like to talk to in this little soiree? This fun party. I'm going to, let's see, how do we, how do, we do this here? We'll go here. Oh, I have Denizen on the map. Let's just fucking get rid of her. <laughs> yeah. Just delete that icon. <laughs> okay, I'll go here. As you, as, you sh- as you shove the other bot out of the way. <laughs> I don't give a shit about you. Yeah. <laughs> Take that. And, of course, Ararachnid is going to notice you approaching. Mm-hmm. I got your message. Ah, uh, did you, my dear Carapace? And what message would that be? No. Still. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, Carapace, what brings you to a party here on Earth? I can't imagine you wanting Windblade to win the election. What interest do you have in all of this when you very clearly made your intentions known that you have no desire to work with us? For the betterment of all, of course. There's free food here. That is true. The Energon here is simply amazing. Is, is it? Is it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you come with me, Carapace? We can walk and talk. And if you follow her, she will lead you over to like the des- a dessert table, and there will be energy on there. <laughs> okay, I'll do that. <laughs> we'll move this. Uh, just, uh, body what, what do I? What do I know of her? Like, is she da- is she dangerous in more than just political ways? Physically, she is not dangerous. So, she's not going to beat you up. Right. But just like Denizen, she might have abilities that could be very, very dangerous and very deadly. 
and this is kind of true for for most of the uh, the fate weavers the vast majority of them are not physically powerful but they are somewhat mystical and yeah so she'll lead you over to like one of the tables it's got some some like energon like effectively energon desserts on it uh, it looks like the uh, the 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 bots who are running the embassy here have actually taken a page from like earth culture and tried to like pretty up the energon get some additives <laughs> in it to make it like more palatable and for it to taste better um i just as i pass through them i'm going to try and size up the the bodyguards make a profession soldier i think oh that's much better uh then that would be a uh 16 16 okay they look a bit beefy uh, not as big as you, obviously. Right. right. Uh, and they are probably a little bit physically less imposing than some of the other bots here, but they are very lithe and very dexterous. Okay. As you imagine a spider bot would be. Right, yeah. I've, I've, I've killed their kind before. <laughs> okay. Uh, and yeah, so like Arachnid would, uh, like, will actually talk about you, or talk, you know, to you for, for a while, and... It's it's kind of light topics. Like she tries to like you know to convince you to you know come back to Yukaris and you know work with the Fate Weavers again. I mean it's it's performative and she knows it and you right. know it. Right. So have there been any new new prophecies about me? Hmm. Nothing new. Nothing relevant. But I must admit that the rest of the Fate Weavers have come around to your way of thinking a little more. They understand that free will exists as a concept. <laughs> no matter how much we try, you're not going to work with us. So we'll just have to accomplish our goals through different methods. Manipulation, extortion, murder, that sort of thing. When you say it like that, my dear Carapace, it makes it sound dirty. Well, uh, it's, it's effective. Exactly. See, you understand. If someone needs to go away to ensure our interests are seen and fulfilled, then that's what has to happen. I mean, I get that. Why are you here on Earth? To enjoy the lovely Anijan desserts. Uh, I'm not even going to have you roll sense motive. You know she's hiding something. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. Just no. Not even a question. Back to you, sweet spot. What do you uh, want to do? You managed to, to get Windblade to the side. I'll give you a little bit of a longer one, too, because I cut yours short on the last one a little bit. I will first uh, address the... Windblade and say, uh, I'm so sorry to interrupt you in this very fine uh, soiree you have here. It's, uh, I feel that you're serving over there. Isn't that a bit hardcore for a swanky affair like no, this? No, 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 no. Stop, stuff. Sweet Spot. You stop right now. I know this is you. What are you doing here? How calm are you down, even alive? Alright, there's a great many things I need to tell you, but the most important of which is not how or why I came to be here. Well, the why really is the more important thing. Uh, you see those two right over there don't look too closely, but uh, Waveform and uh, uh, Lap Dancer, uh, they are <laughs> they are assassins that uh, most likely That's have an been, amazing, have That's been, an amazing name. 
<laughs> sent here <laughs> to uh, to kind of scratch you off the list of candidates. My own life was threatened. You mean like you were scratched off the list? Right, which is why I had to stay laid low for some time. I was collecting evidence against Starscream. I know this has been weighing on your mind ever since Bart started dropping out of the race left and right, like worn-out tires. So you think it's those two, huh? I assume you have some proof of this. We do have uh, quite a bit of evidence, little bits here and there, but it all it all adds up like a like a perfectly tuned calculator. Hmm. And what's the plan then? I saw the movement of the guards. I was quite nervous when I first arrived, seeing that they were so close to you. I know that there is security in here. Uh, Ironhide has also added additional security agents. I'm not sure which ones are which, but I did want to get you just physically away from them to begin with. Uh, if you don't want to make a scene, I totally understand uh, until we can get them apprehended. Uh, but should you need to make a fast exit, I intend to escort you out the building. Do haste. Okay, I... Hmm, I can't leave right now. This is a rally for my candidacy. Speaking of which, do you intend on getting back in the race? Um, and she kind of gives you like this like sidelong glance. Like I was thinking about it, uh, only because I... I do enjoy a race against worthy opponents, such as yourself. And I give her that winning smile of mine. You are a sweet talker and a flatterer. But for this evening, <laughs> for this very moment, my sole concern is your safety. I appreciate that. And I appreciate you coming in to warn me. By the me. way, uh, should you need to introduce me to anyone else here right now, my cover is The Ghost. The ghost. That is the silliest name I've heard. <laughs> I know I'm totally gonna fire my publicist, but you know it's it's the name that uh, that kind of got branded to me when I was on Velostron, taking care of a few other races. Do I have to call you the ghost? Yes, the is part of it. Yes, every time. Ah. Uh. And she just kind of puts her hands on her head like... What kind of primus damned fool came up with that name? Uh, like I said, I'm going to fire that fella. <laughs> or gal. I forget who we're doing. Spoiler alert, dear listeners. It was me. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't mind, I will remain as close to you as possible until those two are either out of the building or apprehended or both. Yes. Yes. All right. Good. Do we... Actually... Can I cut in a little bit? This is more of an out-of-character thing. If we don't want you to be noticed and hanging out with the person that everyone in the room is looking at, it's probably not a good idea. And we just happen to have a professional bodyguard of a politician in the room with us, i.e. Legionnaire. <laughs> ah, I see your point. So, so we could on, have her, like, he'll be her uh, escort. Yeah, I, will, I will ask you. He wouldn't mind, uh, she wouldn't mind, uh, uh, being escorted around by uh, Legionnaire, who is also very, very deep. Oh, yes, yes. I know Legionnaire quite well. Is he here? 
she kind of looks around you and is like, oh. I will say on comms, Legionnaire. I'll give him like a small hand wave to call him over. I believe you know Windblade. Representative. Would you mind, Tablet, sir, just to being her escort for the time being and do keep an eye on our current targets. You know who they are. Of course. And after I do the handoff, I will make my way somewhere over here. On the far side, I will take my time roaming around so that I don't strike up too much attention. But I will eventually end up somewhere on okay. this side of those bots. All right, sounds good. As uh, Windblade is walking by you, Wild Strike, she kind of like puts her her arm up on you, or puts her hand up on your, your shoulder there, and she says, "Wild Strike, good to see you again." Uh, you as well. And she will make her way back into the to the crowd, uh, but she's kind of like hanging like on the other side of the crowd this time, uh, and trying to to use like the other reporters and the the other folks there as a as kind of like a barrier between the two. Uh, and it seems to be working because uh, Lamplighter and Waveform are talking with uh, Optimus at the moment. Uh, and like as as they move around, you can kind of see like the entire like the entire pile like eventually shifts like sideways a little bit as as people try to get around each other. But she always manages to keep the larger part of the crowd kind of in between the everyone else. Nice. All right, Wild Strike. The group of reporters has kind of just made this like kind of, like this clockwise turn <laughs> a little bit uh, next to you. So <laughs> you see that happening. I'm just going to keep an eye out and stay close by, make sure those two don't get near her. I'll put myself in between other people if they're shifting around or whatnot. Okay. She's she's doing a good job of, of doing mm-hmm. that, and Legionnaire is right next to her. But, yep. Okay. I want you to make a perception check. Grab your reporter, do do take a spin, and don't go slow. Nice. 33. Oof. Nicely done. So, as you can imagine, it's a little bit loud in here, because there's people talking, you know, there's there's people moving around and everything. But over the din of this this gathering... You hear something like in the background, almost like a like a growling kind of sound. Growling? Yeah. It's a little hard to kind of pin down where it's coming from because it almost feels like it it's coming from like multiple directions. You don't have like a I guess a, a tracking ability or anything, right? No. But yeah, it's just kind of this this general sound and you point it out to to, to Nico and like Nico doesn't hear it or anything. And it's just, yeah, it's just this kind of like general, it's just this, this kind of growling sound that just does not fit in with the rest of the party. I'll move around a bit, see if I can try to pinpoint it, but you said like it just seems to be coming from nowhere or everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I will give you this though, as as you're moving around, you kind of get close to some of like the, the beast formers in here mm-hmm. and you think, hey, maybe it's one of them and you can confirm that it's not them. It seems to be a little bit louder when you get to, like, the sections of the floor, like, where the the floor panels are, and there's, like, a slight, small little gap in the floor panels. Those seems, like, a little bit louder. 
But again, it, it's really kind of hard to figure out just where, if any place, it's coming from. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I'm going to move around and see if I can figure out where it's coming from. And I'll see you on the comms. Do you guys hear that sound? Uh, I will make a perception check to see. It's like a growling, rumble sound. I have a tw- 28. 18 is what I got. 18. Uh, sweet spot, you do not notice anything because you are you are just too concerned with all of the bots around you to really notice it. And Carapace, I'll say you notice it as well. And same thing, like you can confirm that it's not coming from any of the, the beast formers. You can definitely tell that. But as far as the, the exact position, it's it's not easy to, to pull out. It's not easy to, to pick out, I should say. It does seem to be a little bit louder at, uh, again, like when you're standing like on the intersections of floor panels. But even then, it's only that it's a little bit louder. Is it like the sound of like the city that we're in stomach rumbling? Is this like a, a, an earth thing? Like a cicada thing? Is it a... Oh, good question. Good question. Uh, let's see... Reacting on a volcano and it's about to erupt, you know, like. I'll let you pick what you want to roll. Uh, you can, it either be life science, physical science. Yeah, life science or physical science. And you would get some different information with uh, with each. Uh, Wild Strike, I'll let you do the same thing. Either you or Nyko, if you can roll it. I have the same with both, so. Um, 13. Uh, 13 plus 5 is 18. And which one do you want to do? Do you want to do a physical science or life science? Uh, life science. You actually recognize the the, the the tone of the noise. You You have been in the forest before and you've noticed when you are like surrounded by a swarm of something and this is the kind of vibe you're getting. It's it's not... You can't pinpoint exact sources, but you know that it's all around you. Is this something that the Fate Weavers do? Like, they swarm things with, like, hordes of spiders? Mm, not that you know, but... Well, Strike, were you rolling anything? No, I don't have any. I don't uh, have any don't? ranks. Not even Nyko? No. no. I, uh... Oh. They're... I, this sounds like we're kind of like in a swarm. Where's? Can you guys hear where it's coming from? It seems to be coming from everywhere to me. I can't even hear it. Yeah, I can't pinpoint it. Wild Strike, you want to do anything else? Yeah, I can't pinpoint it. I don't know what else I can do about it. Okay. And Carapace, let's uh, get on back to you. Well, after I'm done having this cryptic bullshit... That passes this conversation between. <laughs> uh, I'm going to stack up in a bunch of Energon goodies. <laughs> They're good. And uh, move down to talk to the second biggest dick in the room. <laughs> Wait, which one's the first? Uh, that would be me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Just all right. Saying. You uh, head on over to Leatherback, and he sees you approaching. He's got a pretty good-sized stack of Energon goodies as well. 
Uh, and as he sees you approaching, he sees your little pile of them. He looks at his pile. He notices his pile is bigger. He grabbed more. Wow. <laughs> uh, you get over to him. He kind of lifts his arm up to, to greet you. Looks like he's going to do like a handshake. Instead, I kind of reaches around and kind of just like slaps you on the back. It's like, how you doing there, tiny? Ah! Well, it's amazing that you haven't killed yourself yet. Killed myself? <laughs> Listen to this guy. And he pulls over like one of the, uh, pulls over like knockout from the other side. He just reaches over, grabs him. Can you believe this guy? Hey, hey. I gotta tell you a story about this little guy over here. And he just goes into this this embarrassing story about that's that's technically all his fault. But he 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 tells the story of like, oh yeah, like you 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 weren't able to get it because you know he got there first and all that, making himself out to be uh, the the badass of the story, of course. And once he's done and telling the story and embarrassing you as much as he thinks is appropriate, he pushes knockout back aside. It's like, oh my god. <laughs> What's really unfortunate about him is like the nostrils of his crocodile form are literally in his crotch, so he has to smell his own nuts all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you never noticed that before, now did we you? Can't stop noticing. <laughs> hey, these nuts smell the best. <laughs> There's some cheese down there. So what have you been up to, Carapace? You still training? You still trying to get your bounty hunter's license? I had a bounty hunter's license for like a millennia, dude. <laughs> I'm moving on way past that kind of stuff. I haven't done a bounty in a while. Ooh. Looks like the only the only bounty that's ever gotten away from me is actually standing in this room. Someone put a bounty out on Prime, but before I could you know, find him and deal with him, it was redacted. Yeah, I know that bounty. I had him right in my sight when it was canceled. I was tempted. I thought, one shot, someone would pay for it. Oh, but you know how it is, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. He got like elbows you. I I can't even imagine being like you. (laughs) Uh, Can I I size him up? Like, is is he tough? I'm assuming he's tough. Yeah. Has he consistently been tougher than me? Is that kind of the... Yep. Yep. Uh, like the the two of you have gotten into fights before, and he's he's come out on top. Usually not by a lot, but you know, especially early on. Like uh, you, you know, that the schoolyard bully thing. Like before someone gets like like good enough to fight, they're kind of just like standing like on their back or something. Like you just like sh- shove you down into the ground and kind of sit on your back there for a second. Right. Stuff like that has happened. And while you've moved on past it, he still lives in that past. Right. Um, what brings you to this mud ball of a planet? What bounty could be here? Oh, you haven't heard? You haven't heard a Swampstone, have you? What? What? And we'll see you next time. Oh, you son of a bitch. Oh, man. From the secret files of Teletran 1, Empire of Rust is written and GM'd by Michael Ordway. Headmaster Magnum and his partner Pythagoras are played by Matthew G. Candidate Sweetspot, representative of Velocitron, is played by Adam H.U. The Decepticon warrior Wildstrike and his partner Nyko are played by Mike M. And Carapace, the beast soldier of Primitive Eucharist, is played by Patrick Finn. Additional characters are played by Michael and Cassandra Ordway. 
Empire of Rust is supported by the humans and networks of planet Earth, whose online networks provide access to libraries of sound effects and music, such as Storyblocks, Zasplat, Blue Zone, and Dark Fantasy Studios. We are distributed by the Transmissions Podcast Network. Stay up to date with all the latest news and reviews in the world of the Transformers by going to transmissionspodcast.com or searching for the Transmissions in your podcast app of choice. You can communicate with the heroes of Iacon by joining us on the Transmissions Discord channel. There you can discuss episodes, talk to the cast, and download the rule set used in the Empire of Rust. Teletran 1, signing off. <laughs>